ready to understand and engage your multilingual audience? With language services in over 75 languages, Multilingual Connections provides the linguistic accuracy you expect with cultural nuance you need. Whether you need translation, transcription, subtitles, or voiceovers, Multilingual Connections tailors their high-quality language services to fit your unique needs. Request a quote and mention Little Bird Marketing to get $100 off your first project at mlconnections.com. That's mlconnections.com. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla. I am the mama bird here and host of this show. You're in for a treat because often you know that I bring people on who are also my friends. So we might laugh a little bit more. We definitely will laugh more than we cry in this podcast episode, but welcome back, Tony Cheevers. Great to be here. Well, you might know Tony from ResearchScape because he does make his appearances at Insights Associations events or other events in market research. But honestly, he has been in this industry for decades now, has amazingly great experience with really great brands like, I don't know, have you ever heard of the U.S. government? They have worked with Tony. But also KLM is one of my favorites that he and I talk about all the time. And also Virgin, like I like talking about some of the aviation experience that you have. But also he volunteers for the Measurement Commission of the Institute for Public Relations. And as a friend of Tony's, I'd have to say, I've never heard that before. So I had to ask him about it today. So what's up with that, Tony? <laughs> yeah, we, we get a, a lot of people together from big brands, big agencies, uh, all, all over the spectrum to talk about how do we quantify what we're presenting to journalists and what, what people are presenting in content? How do we make sure that the data is valid and reliable and that we can prove that it's valid and reliable? At the end of the meetings, do you guys like also form a band of any kind? Do you have like, do you rock out afterward or? Like... <laughs> you know that I think, well, there's, there's somebody that does a unique performance that I, I, I don't know if I can really talk about. Uh-oh. <laughs> See, and now people, now you know why Tony and I are friends. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about things that are, that sit at the crossroads of marketing and market research. So you've had over 10 years at ResearchScape International, and you and I've talked over the years about how interesting the setup is, really how usable it is, how approachable it is. So before we kind of go into a, a little bit more like dig in a little deeper, can you give people like a broad swap of really how ResearchScape has come into the market and given accessibility where there wasn't accessibility? Give people that broad stroke. Sure. So there's two things. One is we were were always thinking about pain points. And 10 years ago when we started, we were thinking about the pain points of research is too expensive, it takes too long, and it's often mysterious. People would use the Wizard of Oz man behind the curtain analogy. I give you some questions, it goes into a black box, and something comes out the other side, and I have no idea what happened. So we built a a web store, so you can go in and say, I want to talk to a thousand Americans about hair care or dog food or whatever, and it's, it's all listed out there of how we do it, and bundled everything together. So the questionnaire design, the survey programming, testing the survey, 
collecting the data, cleansing the data, and we built a reporting tool. So you get a full set of reports. It's all included. There's no extra partners. There's no bells and whistles. It's all right there. I don't want to say quick and dirty, but it <laughs> can be quick and it can be relatively painless. Mm, yeah. Tell people, I know people don't know your partner, Jeffrey, is, as well. So maybe talk a little bit about that moment when you guys decided, look, not enough people really are understanding what's going on. Like why ResearchScape? Why did you create that 10 years ago? Well, uh, Jeffrey came up with the great analogy of when you're a homeowner, you can do stuff around the house and the weeding, the gardening, the lawn mowing, whatever. But sometimes you don't have the time and sometimes you don't have the tools. So we said, well, all that landscaping, let's do the same thing for research. We'll be the, the people that if you don't have the time or you don't have the tools, we can be your, your partner. And I, I love it. But speaking of your partner, if people want to uh, look him up, that's Jeffrey Henning, H-E-N-N-I-N-G. You can find him online too, uh, along with Tony. But let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing right now, because you do work with so many big brands and you work with small brands. You work with people coming in and they really just have one study that needs to be done. So you're really seeing the gamut of what kind of research people want to be doing. What trends are you seeing out there and how are you guys responding there at ResearchScape to, to maybe pivot a bit? What's going on from your viewpoint? Yeah, that, That's one of the things that I think about all the time. I was thinking about you earlier today because we were talking about LinkedIn optimization. And I think, yeah, I, I keep writing these blog posts and they're sitting in my folder. <laughs> <laughs> they don't belong uh, there, Tony. No, <laughs> they belong uh, in the world. <laughs> but one of the things I, I write about and I think about is I see so much marketing and content around customer experience and employee experience and the software and webinars you can attend. And it's geared to a very small number of large enterprise companies. And there's three or four players that are trying to swap those players, those clients from each other, as opposed to solutions that everybody can benefit from. As you say, we work with the Fortune 5, and we work with a person who said, I don't like the weather in New England anymore. I want to open a business in San Diego. What should it be? Mm. <laughs> so mm. as you say, we see the gamut. And there's a lot of the trend seems to me, oh, you have to make your customer experience have an ROI. You have to make sure your employees are loyal and engaged. But if the tools are too expensive or too difficult to train on or too difficult to swap if it's not the right fit for you, then it's not really a tool that's accessible. So I'd like to see some disruption in that area is make something that's more available, more accessible, more mm -hmm. affordable across a broader spectrum. Mm. You know, one pet peeve you and I have talked about a lot is this idea that we feel that market research professionals in general have been, I don't think shy is the word, but maybe intimidated at the C-suite or being really adamant about the value that they provide and the data that they're bringing for big companies and small companies alike to really make important impact changes. And you coming from some very large brands that you've worked with in the past, you know this, you know that, for example, KLM could only make as good of a decision or a business pivot based on the data that they're getting. But yet, you know, very frequently, you and I hear market research professionals kind of shine away from 
really staking the claim that they should have at that C-suite. So you and I have talked about that over many years. Do you still feel that's a little bit of a trend in the market research space? Yeah, I'd like to see more effort and focus on, let me understand your business needs. Let me understand how you're going to use this data. What are the decisions that are going to be made? What's the value of the decisions that are going to be made? So I think that's the real trend that I'd like to see is let me understand your business. Let me help. I'm sure you get this. I see this on LinkedIn all the time. Salespeople contact you and say, I'd like to learn more about what you do. I'm like, you could read what I write. You could. I have a website. website. (laughs) (laughs) I have a profile. (laughs) I don't know why you're contacting me. Um, Yeah, yeah, but that is about moving outside of the transaction, right? That's about moving out of transactional mode and instead saying, you know what, I am going to spend the time to see what you're about, do the research ahead of time. But it is also about not seeing market research as transactional. Also, it's like that there's a value, that there's people behind it, that the C-suite has to not just ask me for data. They need to ask me for what's the info that they need. What? How can I help them make sense of the problem that's in front of them? Don't you think that's really a little bit more what's happening underneath it? I think that's an excellent summation that what I hear from C-suite people is, okay, you have data, make it make sense. Mm. And that ties back to what's the problem that they're trying to solve? What's the issue that they're trying to understand. If you suddenly find yourself in a public policy situation, how should we react to this thing that's in the news? How should we react to inflation? The media is saying we're charging too much. Let's do some research. Are we really charging too much? Is it the perception in our category? You know, how, how do we make our, ourselves look good in this situation? Or are we already looking good in this situation? Mm. If you can understand where they're coming from and what their pain points are, and then give them data that makes sense, as opposed to just giving them data. I think in the past we've talked about, tell them a story, make it a story. But as we often say, the CEO is probably going to be in the meeting for five minutes, maybe three minutes. (laughs) So (laughs) you have to take your data and say, this is the key thing that you need to know in your Mm -hmm. decision-making. Make it a short story. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we produce slide decks that are 100 to 400 slides, uh-huh. but we can't present that. No, <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> I'm not sure where we should put that. Well, let's backtrack to the very beginning of this episode because you are the customer success officer at ResearchScape. So let's get specific about that. You talk about the things you're really talking about. It is getting curious, having some empathy for your customer that comes to you because they really do have a problem. So from your perspective as the success officer, what is it that you think you're thinking about differently than say the chief research officer or something? Like what's your perspective from where you sit? Well, I want to make the whole experience a success. Sometimes it's as simple as hey, the, in, the invoice didn't have the client name on it. <laughs> you know, it, it was the agency, not the, the client, or it has to be specific that way. But I, I think it all ties into how do we make this whole event work? Let's kind of go back a little bit to that empathy and curiosity. It seems like you and I talk about that a lot, this idea of being willing to be surprised, even like you just mentioned, this client was surprised by the finding and really good research can often surprise you, right? So part of that is saying, 
well, when do you want a surprise and when do you not want to be surprised? Because things truly are keeping your customer up at night and it's freaking them out and they don't know what to do. And they, they're very, they can be rattled by situations or just kind of have this long persistent problem that they can't get rid of. So tell me a, a little bit about some of your experiences where that approach of staying curious and being empathetic to your customer really has paid off. You remind me, I had a conversation not that long ago with a brand that everyone on your podcast will have heard of. And they were saying, can the data make two things true? And I said, yes. Hmm. Uh, And that's one of those things that we try to be empathetic is that you might have silos within your organization and they go out and get some data and get some other data over here and the data doesn't align. And we have to say, okay, how are the questions presented? What questions were presented? When were they presented? Who did you ask? And it's that uncomfortable conversation of, depending on a a lot of variables, we can make the data say a lot of different things, which makes your job much harder unless you're synthesizing this all in a way and say, oh, well, yeah, we talked to this audience and it was all white men over 50. So they're all going to funnel into one category, but they not might necessarily be our customers or the audience that we really need to talk to. So that's where I feel being empathetic and curious with them saying there's different paths to get to the right decision. And we were, tr- we're trying to help you find the right path, but there are other paths which may disagree with this. Well, let's talk a little bit about kind of path to discovery, because this is something interesting about ResearchScape is that somebody can go on your website and really largely do almost like a self-serve. I don't know if you would call it DIY. I don't think you would, but I'll let you, I won't put words in your mouth, but you guys do also a big gamut, not only of working with small to large institutions, but also a big gamut of, Hey, you can come out here and you know exactly what you need and you can come grab it. You know, exactly the structure of the kind of a study that you want to do. How often are people just buying off the shelf like that? And how often right now are people really relying on your years of expertise to help them figure out what kind of research they want to do? It's interesting. And that was one of our pivots over time is we thought Mm. we'll open up a store and people will say, oh, yeah, I can buy this from my current supplier, but now I see it's right here. It's a better price. I can just put it in my credit card and that's simple. And what we learned is people will do the research and there's a lot of work. And you've probably seen some of this and written some of this on LinkedIn that people do a lot of the buying journey online before but once they get to the point where they feel comfortable, then they want to talk to somebody. So that's one big pivot you guys have made in the last decade to say, we thought it was going to be a little more DIY and self-serve, but actually we help people a lot more than we thought we were going to. Is there something else, another pretty significant pivot that you've made? Well, it, it's interesting. Jeffrey started a market research company back in the 90s, and they wrote the first enterprise feedback management software. So. One of the ideas is we'll we'll be a market research supplier. We'll help other companies. We'll write reports. We'll do all these kinds of things. And we were talking to a consultant after a few years, and they said, you're not in the research business. And I said, okay. I'm ready to be be curious. And they Uh said, you're in the um, story business. You help people write stories that they're presenting to their owners, their constituents, their stakeholders, their members, their prospects. 
And we both had that aha moment of, yeah, that's what we do. We do research to support stories. We should focus on that (laughs) (laughs) as opposed to we do traditional market research of how much should I charge? What features do people want to buy? All that kind of stuff. But the majority of our businesses, we're trying to create some content. We're trying to issue a a media release. We're Mm -hmm. trying to make an announcement at a conference. How do we tell that story effectively to the people we're talking to? Oh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Okay, I'm going to get negative for a minute, but then we're going to end on a positive note. But so (laughs) you and I do, (laughs) we talk at a lot of cocktail parties. So we talk a lot about our pet peeves. So is there a current pet peeve going on in the MRX industry right now that you just want to get off your chest? I mentioned that everybody tells me that they have quality and that just, I'm ready for somebody to tell me something unique and different. Right. Okay. Well, let's end on a positive note. What is it that you are seeing right now in MRX world that you really like, you see going in the right direction or something even that ResearchScape International wants to keep pushing toward? Well, I just referenced, I, I love what you're doing, LinkedIn cocktail party. That's a great idea. And I love those kind of things where people can get together and chat through ideas. We're trying to share information. We're doing some webinars And we think that that information sharing is one of the great things that's going on right now, whether it's in webinars or informal chats, LinkedIn cocktail party or MRX pros, that's Mm -hmm. the real highlight for me right now is to talk to peers and say, oh, what are you seeing? What's working? What's not working? What can we all be doing better? Right. right. Our our mutual friend Colson is good at that. He's just pointing out (laughs) self-improvement things that uh, are valuable. Yeah, for sure. It's that collaboration. We have such an interesting spirit in the market research community, I believe, where people are willing to give information that I think in other circles, people might hold a little closer to the vest. But I think maybe it's because in general, we're curious people. We're social scientists, all of us, really. And so we are interested in how other people are seeing things and how we can be a part of understanding how someone perceives something. (laughs) So yeah, it's a pretty cool vibe. But Tony, as always, thank you for coming in. Like you said, sharing some of your expertise here. I do think that regardless of where the market research industry goes as a whole, I wish you and Research Escape International the best of success. I know I will will not fail to see you at the next event out there because you and I always end up to somehow magnetize and find a couple of other cool people along the way too. But tell Jeffrey also just congratulations on 10 years of really amazing services to this industry. And we'll see you at the next event. Yeah. See you in Chicago. Yep. I love it. (laughs) From all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.